0: You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's word in practical ways. Let's listen in.
1: Hey, welcome to church, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Happy Palm Sunday. I'm glad you made it. Grab your Bible if you would. We're gonna spend some time in the book of John. For all of you watching online, that's John chapter 12. But you're actually probably using most of your Bible just to uh, to watch this service on. We had some uh, <laughs> we had some interesting comments already for people that are taking communion at home. We've got um, coffee and water, which um, I don't know how that works. We've got <laughs> coffee and wheat thins. We've got peanut butter crackers and water. Whatever works. Uh, we've got. Avocado toast and coffee. You're trying to be too healthy with the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Let's come back down to earth. No, we're, we're so glad that you're here. John chapter 12. We're going to continue on with our series called If We're Being Honest. And I think that's such an important part of our walk with Jesus, honesty. Honesty about where you are. Honesty about what he wants to speak to you. And in John chapter 12, we find the story of Palm Sunday and uh, I think the most important thing that we can see from this entire story, from this entire chapter, is just the, the way that crowds turn so quickly. Yeah. They're with you one moment, they're against you the next moment, they're all about you, then they're completely against you. And uh, as we're looking at the story, I was reminded of how many times when I thought we were all together, and then all of a sudden we're not. Times where we're like really, really, really strong, and times where we're like, okay, this is completely different. Crowds turn quick. Really quickly, especially the crowd of middle school girls. Like, they like you one minute. I, I had to walk through through this with my daughter. Like, okay, middle school girls are just, just mean. That's what they do. And they'll turn quick. I remember one time I was at a, a concert in Dallas. I'd gone to see David Crowder in the early 2000s. And this was at a small uh, venue in Dallas. And um, they had oversold the venue. There was way more people coming than there were chairs, so they took a couple of hours and they removed all the chairs from the venue so they could fit all these people in, and it was packed. This was in August and it was hot. Then the air conditioner stopped working in this place, and it was miserable. We were angry, we were hot, we were crowded and sweaty, and let's just say the smell there was not the aroma of heaven. <laughs> it was it was not great. But I remember they were telling us, hey, we're going to give you a free bottled water because we want to keep you guys hydrated. We understand it's hot. We understand it's crowded. So sorry. Finally, David Crowder comes on and begins to launch into his first song. And we were like, man, this is awesome. It quickly turned from something that we were miserable to we're good because he launched us right into worship. Now, uh, the, the second part of that story was after the very first song, he just turned his band. He's like, hey, stop, 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 stop. And everybody stopped. He's like, I'm so sorry. I normally wouldn't stop a show here, but... They were telling us that we were going to be running late because the air conditioner wasn't working. We apologize that it's hot. Uh, they told us to be hydrating, so we've drunk a ton of water. And I got to go to the bathroom, man. I can't. <laughs> this happened. He said, I cannot do one more song. I've really got to go. Does anyone know where the bathrooms are? We've never been here. And we're sitting here watching David Crowder, and I'm like, it, it's, they're back there. And he's like, uh, would you guys mind if I just kind of? And he just jumps on top of the crowd. They body surf him all the way to the back of the room, <laughs> drop him off in front of the bathroom. The guy gets out and is like, oh, uh, you're next, I guess. He goes in, and then the band looks at each other. They're just standing there, and they look at each other, and they're like, you all want to play the hokey pokey? I'm like, sure. So they start, put your left foot in, put your left foot out. I don't know what that has to do with worship, but we just all sat there and waited. And then about 30 seconds later, you hear the, the toilet flush. He comes out drying off his hands and he's like, I need to ride back. And so they pop him back up on the tops of people's hands. They body serve him all the way back to the stage and they launch into the rest of the show. I'm like, I will never forget that concert. I've been to hundreds, but I will not forget that one. I've never seen the lead singer body surf to the bathroom. <laughs> except for once, and that was it. As we're, getting into, uh, as we're getting into John chapter 12, I want you to notice just the fickleness of the crowd. I want you to notice how quickly they turn from believing in Jesus, from anointing him as their king, to crucify him. This is a story of Palm Sunday, how quickly crowds turn. And uh, as, we're, as we're dealing with this series, uh, if we're being honest, I want you to not just notice what happens in the story, but to insert yourself a little bit into the story and recognize how quickly we tend to turn from faith to fear, how quickly we turn from Jesus is all that I need to, I can do it without him. And let's kind of see why that takes place in scripture. In John chapter 12, we're going to pick it up in verse 12. It says, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and they took palm branches. They went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel. I want to stop there for a moment. If you're not familiar with the story, what has happened is Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead. The guy's been dead four days. Now, to this point in in time, Jesus has has constantly told people, "Don't don't tell anybody about me. But once you raise somebody from the dead, let's just say news gets out. You don't need internet, you don't need a chat room. Let me just tell you, everybody knows it's the only thing that people can talk about. Like this guy was dead four days ago, he's back walking. It's weird, that happened. Now, when they hear that Jesus is coming to their city, they're like, he has to be the Messiah, this is our king, he's gonna deliver us from the Romans. So they start laying down palm branches and they receive him as king. They lay down their coats, he's our king. Now it says, Jesus comes into town riding on the colt of a donkey. This means the, uh, the, the one that's never been ridden before. It's the young one. Now, I, I don't know, but this, this kind of strikes me as funny. We were doing a deep dive earlier on uh, BibleDonkeys.com. It's true. We actually did the It's a site. It's a thing. Uh, but think about, you know, if you see a, a military hero riding into town, you're thinking it's got to be at least a horse, like a big horse. He doesn't come on a horse. He comes on a donkey and not just a donkey like the miniature one. Like I, And in my mind, it's more funnier than probably what it is in yours, but I'm thinking, did his feet like drag the ground? Yeah. And you're thinking, that's, that's not what, what you would think your king would ride in. You're like, hey, it's not much. It's, he's got a little donkey, but it is what it is. It's what we got. And it's our king anyway. And Jesus comes riding into town on this colt of a donkey as they're saying, hey, this is our king. It's a big deal. They're praising him. They're worshiping him. They say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. So Jesus finds a young donkey, set on it, as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. And at first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they see and realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. I don't know about you, but I love the fact that John, when he's writing this, does not shy away from the fact that I didn't get it then, I didn't understand. It wasn't until much later that I actually understood what was happening, the fulfillment of scripture, the power of this moment. I just kind of got swept up by the crowd. I'm, I'm catching it in real time. And over and over again, he responds with this great statement, we didn't understand it then. And that brings me a lot of hope that the Bible makes sure that we understand that those that were closest to Jesus, they didn't get it all the time. It wasn't until later that they finally understood some things. That's a powerful word for you today. You're not gonna understand why God does these certain things this way, why he made you this way, why he let you experience that. There's many things about your life that you will not understand. And John's like, yeah, me too. Same, bro, same. I didn't get it until later when the Lord helped me to make sense of it all with the fact that he was glorified. And I watched him go back into heaven and I began to think about all the things that I've seen and all the things that I watched, all the things that I experienced with Jesus and it began to click You ever had one of those movies where you didn't understand it till later and you start thinking about it and you're like, whoa, he was dead the whole time. (laughs) Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. But then I wanna skip down to verse 37 and this is the verse that kind of stuck out to me. It says, even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe him. So Jesus did miracles right in front of their face. Many times, not just once. And they still would not believe in him. That scripture hit me hard as I was reading that. I began to ask myself, what does Jesus have to do for us to really believe and trust him? How many miracles has he done in your life? How many things did you you pawn off as, that must be coincidence when you knew it was Jesus? Times he answered prayers that you later on said, oh no, that was coincidence, That that couldn't have been. I believe Jesus is still today wondering, what what do I have to do to get you to believe in me, to trust in me? I think when we're here today and when we're watching online, you wouldn't be watching if you weren't a believer. You wouldn't be watching if you didn't trust at some point, at some level. But here's the thing. God always wants to take us to new levels of trust and belief in him. God wants to inspire you to take the next step of faith. You have a step of faith. There are things that you're, that you're just now discovering that God's gonna take you and test you and say, hey, would you trust me with this? You've trusted me with that. Now, would you step closer and, and give this to me? And like you, many of us and his disciples, we would go so far and say, I'm, I'm, just real, I'm comfortable here. I'd rather just stay in this area or here. I, I, I can't really go there right now. I'm not sure if I can, if I can trust you with that. As we're getting into this, I want to I give you three uh, statements that I think are important. These are three honest statements that I've applied to myself, things that, I've, that I recognize about myself in this story. So I'm going to be honest about myself, and I want to invite you to take an honest look at yourself today. The first of those three statements is this. Uh, number one, uh, I go from worship to worry real quick. Yeah, worship to worry Real quick, as a matter of fact, I will leave this place on Sunday after we do our three services, and I am full spiritually. I know that I've I've spoken exactly what God has given me all week long. I know that lots of people were encouraged, that they're strengthened. I'll get reports back of people watching online and things that are happening in their lives, and I'm like, this is awesome, this is great. And then Monday morning, somebody will text me. And I'm like, oh God, I don't know if you can do this. This is important, this is big, and I might have to handle this myself. I've got that Sunday strong to the Monday grind, my faith goes from here to here. And I start worrying again, knowing full well that God can do immeasurably above all that I can ask or think or even imagine that God is supernatural, that he's powerful, that he can do all things. We just sang about it yesterday, but yet Monday comes along and I'm like, oh man. That text, that email, that message. What about when your boss says, hey, can you come to my office for the next five minutes? And you're like, okay, this is it. I'm done, I'm fired. He's like, hey, what do you want for lunch? You're like, you can't do that to me. Anybody ever had those moments? No, just me. What are you doing? But we go from worship to worry really quickly. You know, this is, it's crazy how quickly this crowd turns on Jesus in just a matter of a few days. They go from praise him to crucify him. He goes from a king to a criminal, from the Messiah revealed to Messiah rejected. Now, if you don't see yourself in the middle of that, I I, I can't help you, but this is our human nature. We go from really strong to really weak really quick. No, is it just me? Am I the only one that does that? I'm trying to be honest with you today. Help me help you. I go from worship to worry real quick. Now, there are times in your life where you're like me, where you feel really, really strong. Now, before I got saved, me and uh, several friends of mine that we were uh, in middle school and high school with, uh, we would uh, play baseball on on weekday afternoons and then walk back to our house. And I remember one of these days, there's six or seven of us that were walking back home and there happened to be two guys in the neighborhood that we didn't like. And they were kind of the bullies of the neighborhood and they just kind of found each other and we happened to be walking by and there's six of us and there's two of them. So uh, since I have been filled um, as the mouthpiece of God, I determined that I'm gonna mouth off to these guys because there's six of us and there's two of them. And um, let me just say, things did not go as I had thought that they were gonna go, not at all. Because these two guys look at each other like, who, is this? Who, who do you think you're talking to? And they stand up, they start walking right toward us. I'm like, yeah, bring it on because there's six of us. And that six of us turned into one of me real quick because the other five guys were about two blocks away with nothing but a trail of dust. And I was left to face these two guys that were way bigger than me. And let me just tell you, that was the first of my many concussions. That's exactly what happened. I did not make it, but about half a block. They hit me in the back of the head with a skateboard and, and then just commenced to laying a, a huge whooping on me, uh, which I completely deserved, but I didn't want. Um, and I thought, man, how quickly I go from big mouth and loud and courageous in the next few minutes, like I am running for my life. And I still do the same thing spiritually. From Sunday to Monday, got it all put together, I'm strong, got my friends, got my Bible, got my Jesus, got my faith on, then Monday comes along, I'm like, mm, I just got beat up. <laughs> I can go from worship to worry real quick. I want to bring your attention to Psalm 71, the, uh, the amazing writer here, which is probably David, uh... He he makes a a fantastic chapter. If you've got time this week, go back and look at Psalm 71 because David talks about all the things that he has to worry about, all the things that are going on in his life that are really difficult to walk through. This is at the end of David's life where we're getting wisdom from an old man. And at this moment, he's on the run from his son that has taken the kingdom away from him and is looking to kill him. And let me just tell you, there is no drama like family drama. He is on the run for his life as an old man. He's fearing for his children. He's fearing, fearing for his family. He's lost his kingdom. He's also having to deal with his own moral failure. And David recognizes that in the midst of all those things to worry about, he still has something to praise God for. See, I found this to be true. That if I can go from worship to worry instantly, then the reverse is also true. And David recognizes that and talks about this in verse eight of chapter 71. He says, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all the live long day. This is the key for overcoming what happens tomorrow. He says, I have chosen instead, not to just take all my worries, but to take them to the one that can handle them. And I do that by declaring his praise all day long in the midst of my worries. In the midst of my circumstances, in the midst of my struggle, I take this to the presence of God. I fill my mouth with his praise, even though I'm still worried, even though I'm still on the run, even though I'm still afraid. I determine that my mouth is gonna glorify God. What a powerful statement. I wanna say it this way. I'll put it on the screen so you can see it. Um, I can fill my mouth with worship or fill my head with worries, but only one invites Jesus into my day. And you're gonna need this tomorrow when your faith goes from strong on Sunday to the grind of Monday. You gonna fill your head with your worries? Because anybody can do that. By the way, it takes no effort. <laughs> Instead, choose to fill your mouth with praise. Start declaring the good things that God has done for you. Start thanking God for what He has done on your behalf, thanking Him for the times that He's come through. You give worry no place to go. This is better than your amening me. This is good. I'm just telling you, I can go from worship to worry or from worry to worship real quick by just simply making a decision on what comes out of my mouth. Here's a second honest truth statement that I'm gonna give you today, things that I've seen about myself that I can pull out of this story. Not only do I go from worship to worry really quickly, but number two, sometimes my worship is more about who I want Jesus to be instead of who he is. Who I want Jesus to be not who he is. You see, the people loved his miracles. The people loved when he raised, raised people from the dead, when he opened deaf ears. Boy, they love those free filet of fish sandwiches. That's really convenient, Jesus. You got the fish and the bread and it's all free. I'm not even gonna go work today. We got free food and entertainment. Miracles. Like this is before internet. Like there's not a whole lot to choose from. We can watch people be crucified or we can watch some miracles there. Let's go here today. Let's change the channel. And this is what happens. They love Jesus when he does what they want him to do. Don't you see this as a pattern in Jesus' life? Jesus would have made a horrible megachurch pastor because the bigger the crowd gets, the more controversial Jesus gets. He's like, You need to count the cost if you're gonna if you're gonna stay here. Because here we're gonna change some things. It's gonna cost you something. And that's not the message people want to hear. The crowds would get larger and larger and larger. And Jesus would turn around and say stuff like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And they're like, that sounds like a cult. I'm not doing that. That's, that's weird. Uh-uh. Jesus would look at a rich young ruler and he would say, sell everything that you have. Come and follow me. Uh-uh. That sounds like prosperity gospel. I can't be all, uh-uh. That's cult. He says, if you want to lose your life or if you want to find your life, you have to lose it. You got to lay it down. And there's a powerful difference between who Jesus is and who we want him to be. And I want you to notice the crowd today as we put ourselves into this Palm Sunday experience and we see all the people laying down these palm branches and they're laying down their coats and they're saying, hey, we've got a king. He's on a tiny little donkey, but he's our king. And in that moment, they expect for him to deliver them from some temporary circumstances just like us. Lord, just, just heal my mom. Lord, just give me a raise. Like, that's more Santa Claus than Jesus, okay? Lord, I want you to do these things. But Jesus didn't come to just do things for you. He came to do work inside of you. And this is where many of us still have a problem today. Do for me, but don't change me. See, there's a big gap between who God is and who we want him to be. And until we get honest about our, about our crazy skewed view of who Jesus is, we're never gonna be able to understand him truly as he wants to be revealed in our lives. There's a big gap in those two things. They praise him as a deliverer from their temporary circumstances, but what they need is a savior from their sin. And I want you to see this because this is really, really important for us to hear today. So if you're taking notes, look up at me if you would. They want Jesus to be their king. They expect that he's gonna overthrow the Roman government. Jesus comes into town, he does not go to the government. He cleanses the temple. Think about that. How quickly people turn when Jesus doesn't do what they want but confronts the way that they worship. He's not here to overthrow your government. He's here to take over your heart. And we have a hard time when Jesus doesn't do what we think he should do, bring us that kind of justice. His justice is different than what you think. His justice starts right here. What a powerful statement that Jesus makes. And they turn on him and reject him. No, 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 I want you to fix them, but you can't have this. Sometimes my worship is about who I want Jesus to be instead of who he is. I wanna show this to you on the screen because I thought this was important this week. I wanna say it this way. I recognize and have to recognize that what he wants for me is more important than what I want from him. In Galatians chapter two, the apostle Paul, who by the way has, uh, has kind of achieved a lot of social status and religious status, he's kind of the man of the day. And there's many times in scripture that he boasts about all the different things that he's, that he's accomplished that people should, should praise him. But he's like, I consider all of that trash. None of that matters. Look at uh, Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer, it's not about me. It's no longer even I who live, but Christ who lives in, me. in other words, he's changing me from the inside, from what I thought was important, to who I wanted him to be, to who he really is. It's not about me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Said so Jesus lays down his life. In John ten ten. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, I'm laying things down to show you what I'm asking you to do for me. See, these people were willing to lay down palm branches. They're willing to lay down their coats, but they're not willing to lay down their agenda and their view of who Jesus is. No thanks. I wonder, what are the things that you need to lay down today? If Jesus were here, what would he ask of you? What would he say, I want you to trust me with this? And in that moment, would you say, I, I can't do that. That's too painful for me. Or that costs me too much. Or that's, that's how I identify. This is who I am. This is what makes me me. I think for many of us, the message of being born again has become skewed. See, there's who you are. And there's who Jesus has called you to be. And the only way to become that is to be born again. I think this is better than what you're giving me feedback for. We need to hear this. Let's be honest today. The whole series is called, hey, we're being honest. Let's look at scripture and find ourselves like, I got a problem with this. This is hard for me. Because this is the way I view Jesus. I think it's just not healthy. It'll leave you wanting. It'll leave you depressed. When you think that Jesus is all about what he can do for you. And you forget that his greatest work is done in you and it's done at the speed of your submission. That's hard, but the Bible calls this sanctification. It's a process that we walk through, letting him be Lord of all. That's what those words mean, Lord of all. Now, the good news is he doesn't have to do it all at the same time, but little by little, piece by piece, as you trust him, he reveals himself more and more as your savior. And not just a deliverer from temporary circumstances. Here's point number three, and we'll finish up with this. Jesus comes into the town and people praise him. And I just want you to 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 recognize that several times in scripture Jesus says, Tell no one until he gets here. So the religious leaders confront him, they said, Hey, tell your tell your people to stop saying those things. Tell them to stop or you're gonna get us in trouble with the Romans. You can't just declare yourself king. You can't have all these people gathered here. We're gonna get in a lot of trouble. And Jesus says, I tell you now, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. So he's gone from tell, no, tell nobody to tell everybody. Tell no one to tell everybody. And so the third honest statement I'm gonna make about my own life and I wanna invite you to take a good look at yours is simply this, I am way more quiet than I should be. Now for you, maybe you were voted uh, talks too much in class. Is that an award? Um, It might be a a slight from others. That was an award to me. Like what is too much? I don't know what that means. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She may be the teacher. It might have degrees. I'm the entertainment here. But when it comes to things like sharing the goodness of Jesus and what he's done for me in my life, I am way more quiet than I should be. But you're the pastor here. Like, yeah, I am. I've got a lot of reason to thank God. I know where I've come from, I know what He's brought me through, and I'm way more quiet than I should be. Why is that? We see that in this story. It's for one fear or the next fear of offending somebody, fear of stepping on somebody's toes, fear of forcing your religion on somebody. And we have this thing in our mind that our love for Jesus and his love for us, that love has suddenly become offensive. We've gotten quiet about what God has done for us. I wanna encourage you to live out loud. As a matter of fact, if ever there was a week in a year where you should live out loud, this is that week. And I'm not talking about living out loud your truth. I'm talking about living out loud his truth, the truth of what he's done in your life. That's more true than who you think you are. This is the week where you can live out loud and share your story of what Jesus has done for you. As I've been honest with you about my own failures and shortcomings, about my own addictions, my own failures, as we look in the story and we see how many times that we fall short and how it makes sense for the people in the Bible, they did the exact same thing. They're just like us, they're human. As we see in a spirit of honesty, I think it's important that we take the next step past just seeing it to talking about it. I wonder who do you have in your life that needs your testimony, that needs the story of what Jesus did for you? You may not have a a whole list of things you can think about right now, but you have today. Why not talk about today? Why not share the story of what Jesus is teaching you today? Hopefully you heard something in this message that resonates with you in your heart. You're thinking, okay, That that makes sense to me. You've got one. Share that. I believe you've got a lot of reasons to thank God today. You've got a lot of reasons to praise him for. You're way more quiet than you should be too. Let me say it this way. We have a reason to praise him today and the world needs that reason. Oh, if ever there was a time that the world needed it, it's right now. They need to see that there is a savior. Our deliverer, he came. He died on a cross for my sins, for your sins. He rose from the grave. That's the good news. He didn't stay dead. He rose. He got up from the grave. He's conquered sin. He's helped me. Me. Even me. Look at this in verse 42, and I'll finish with this. It says, yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, they they believed in him but because of the Pharisees or the religious rulers of the day, they would not openly acknowledge their faith. Why? For fear. For fear. They're afraid. I wonder what what keeps us from openly acknowledging our faith. What are you afraid of? And it says this, fear that they'd be put out of the synagogue for they loved human praise more than praise from God. Now, in that moment, it's easy for us to look at that and say, What a bunch of morons. You saw Jesus in the flesh. He did all those signs in front of you and you actually believed in him. But you wouldn't tell anybody because you were afraid. What a bunch of morons. And not realize we do the same thing. Like if we can be honest today, you're afraid of what people might think about you, afraid of what they might say, afraid of the fact that you might let them down. They might call you a hypocrite. good news is Jesus looked at his disciples and said, hey, they persecute you. They persecuted me first. It's supposed to happen. He goes on to tell the crowds that were gathering around him, woe to you when all people speak well of you. Boy, that confronts me. It's like they're not supposed to speak well of you. You're supposed to tell the truth. What's the truth? It's right here. How do we tell them? It starts with your life, with your submission to the Lord and your willingness to do what he says whenever he says it. And he says, hey, talk to them about me. Invite them to church. Ask them if there's anything that you can pray for them about. Simple things, little things. I'll tell you, I'm way more quiet than I should be. I think the church is way more quiet than it should be. And if ever there was a week to reach out to people and to live out loud, it's this week. They're looking at you and they're looking for hope. You have that hope from at least today. What could God do with your life? if instead of being consumed with your worries and your view of Jesus, your thoughts of who you wanted to be, what could God do with all those things if you just said, okay, Lord, use me today? What could he do? I think there's powerful things in store for you as you trust God and take him at his word. If you can be honest today about what you see in his story and confront these things, I believe that God can do a supernatural work in your heart and through your life. I am living proof of that. If God can take an addict like me If God can take a spiritual burnout like me, a marital burnout like me, if God can take all of my failures and still allow me to stand up here and open up his word and speak to me on behalf of you, if God can do that for somebody like me, what can he do for you? It's not because he loves me more, but his grace, his mercy, his love and his compassion, it's good for everybody. It doesn't matter where you've been or where you've come from, what you've done. It matters if you let him do it today. I wanna finish up right there today, if you wouldn't mind. Would you go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes? I wanna give you a chance to respond to what you've just heard and, and the reading of God's word, the questions that we've answered, the statements that we've made. I wanna give you a chance to respond to that. I think it would be really, really foolish for you to hear that and not say, okay, what's that saying to me? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just, would you pray a simple prayer? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What, what, what does that mean to me? I think like those in the story we have a lot of issues. And as they're laying things down before the Messiah, I wonder what would God ask of you today? Are there some parts of you that you need to lay down? Are there some important things that I think we can let go of today? In God's presence, we can let go of our fears. We can let go of shame. We can let go of our past our present our anxiety about the future you see our God is big enough to take care of your needs but he's also small enough to live inside of your heart and to take care of where you are today so Holy Spirit what are you saying to me what would you have me lay down If there are things that are on your heart, if there's things that God's dealing with you about, I want to just encourage you, just say yes. You don't have to have it all figured out. But if God is bringing something to your mind where he's saying, I want this, will you lay this down for me? Just say yes. Just say yes. Let him work out the details, but just say yes today. Come on. I love you enough to help you. Like somebody helped me one time. Just say yes. Okay. I trust you. You're the king I need, even if it's not the way that I want. I trust you. Father, would you bless my friends as we're hearing from you today, as we're responding to the authority of your word. I pray that we would not leave this place the same way that we came in, but leave covered in your grace, your mercy, covered in hope, strengthened in the faith that we could accomplish what you've called for us to accomplish, that we could reach a world that desperately needs you. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, I want to speak just specifically to those who would say, Pastor, if I'm going to be honest with you, I don't have this whole God thing worked out. I'm not sure if I've ever asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins or to come live inside my heart. I don't know if I've ever done that. Today's your day. Or maybe you're saying, I was raised in church, but I've gotten so far away from God. I need to come home. My friend, today's your day. How do I do that? Let me help you, just like somebody helped me one time. I want to lead you in a prayer. And if that's you, this is your moment. I want you to pray with me. I'll tell you what to say. So pray with me. The prayer goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Come on, pray with me. I believe you came, you died, but rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I give myself to you right now. Now say this with me. Say, Lord, I don't want to live my life my way anymore. It's yours. Take it. Thank you for what you did for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed, and maybe you're watching online, but if that was you and you say, Pastor, I did, I prayed with you. That was me. Let me just see a little wave, if you wouldn't mind, lift it up. Lift that hand up and say, that was me. Good, I see you. Good. If you're watching online, say, that was me, I pray that prayer. As a matter of fact, we'd like to take you another step. If you've come this far, Perhaps you'll take one more step, and that's with a text. If you would text the words "I prayed" to eight four four HRC text, we've got some things that we want to, um, got some links that we want you to click on that will help you understand what just happened in your heart and what to do next. It'd be our greatest honor to help you walk through this process and watch you walk closer to Jesus every day. That's a that's a big deal for us. I'm proud of you for the decision that you've just made. Good for you. Well, hybrid family, go ahead and look up at me if you would, and stand to your feet. I'm going to have our elders and their wives come forward, and these guys are going to remain here to pray for you about any needs that you may have. Let me just tell you, we've all got needs. We've all got things that we need help with. Let us pray for you, please. We would love nothing more than to pray for you. These guys are amazing prayer warriors. They should be smiling. Are they smiling? It, I don't know. Have you ever had that moment where you go to pray with somebody and they just look like this? Like maybe that's the spiritual face. I don't know. Like, I don't think that means you're closer to Jesus. Like I wanna see somebody like smiling, like at least you got something worked out, at least you're okay. Cause I'm gonna bring you something I need help with and uh, don't, don't be mad at me. <laughs> you never done that? You never prayed with somebody you're like, are you, are you mad at me? And they start praying and spitting on you like, you must be mad at me. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird, I don't know, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. <laughs> Anyways, as we finish up today, I wanna invite you, if you're watching online, would you be, a, would you be awesome and just share this video? Click the share button, that means a lot for us and uh, we love to see where you're, where you're watching from. That, that's a cool thing when we see uh, all the different places that this message is reaching. It's very, very cool. Thank you in advance for that. Also wanna thank you for your generosity as a church. And I wanna ask you for one particular thing. Next week is Easter. Uh, 70% of people will respond positively if you invite them. So if you wanna see your friends get saved, if you wanna see them get into church, if you wanna see them plug back into Jesus if they've been away from God, this is your time to shine. This is your moment. This is the days that you've been praying for. And so I'll make a deal with you. Number one, if you invite your friends, I will do my best not to embarrass you. My, I said my best. And number two, I promise you this, I will give your friends a chance to meet Jesus. Now, at the end of that service, when I ask people to bow their head and close your eyes, if you bring people to church that you know need Jesus, I give you full permission to look and see if they raise their hand. <laughs> full permission, because, this, and this is why. Uh, when you see if someone that you invited when you see your children or your grandchildren ask Jesus to come into their heart, I want you to see that moment. Yeah, Cuz normally it's just me that gets to see it. But there's something special that happens when you know this is what you did and what Christ is doing through you. You need that. It's a powerful thing. I don't want to cheapen you of that moment. So I give you full permission to look like just do this. One eye. And then if they look up at you be like you I think that helps. (laughs) Let me pray for you and send you out today. Lord, I thank you in advance for the great things that are gonna happen as we trust you with this week. Would you bless my friends with an incredible week in Jesus' name and everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome week.
0: Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at High or you can check out our website at highridgelv.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.